Greetings everyone from Alaska. I made a deal with myself and producer Delaney and the little Prince Austin that the only way I was gonna record a road to Paris from Alaska, interrupting the Knutson family vacation was if the United States won a gold medal in the challenge in Espino, Portugal this past weekend. And thank you, Trevor Crabb and Theo Bruner for ruining my vacation. Just kidding. I love doing these things. Love watching beach volleyball, even from Ketchikan, Alaska. We caught 36 salmon the other day, so I've been eating breakfast, salmon, lunch, salmon, dinner, you guessed it, it's salmon. So this is gonna be a slightly imperfect episode. As you can see, if you're watching, you're seeing I'm holding my phone up with a little Shure MV47 microphone that plugs into the lightning port of your phone. And so the audio is gonna be a little bit off. The video is with the Queen Delaney her iPhone. So it's not the uh, the fancy studio we have, but it's the Alaska studio. That's where we're going. I got to give a shout out to my guy, Steven Ranella, host of the Meat Eater podcast and the Meat Eater show on Netflix. He's one of the reasons that we're out here because we just wanted to explore Alaska. We've waited to see it. So Prince Austin's seen Alaska, Delaney's seen Alaska. We're catching fishes. And Theo Bruner and Trevor Crabb, they're winning gold medals. It was the second straight well, second straight of many things. Second straight gold medal for the United States after the gold medal of Andy Benish and Miles Partain in Stad. The last time that the American men won back-to-back -back gold medals in significant events, and by significant events, I mean a four-star or above in the old challenge, the old star system, a challenge in Elite 16 in the new system, or in the former system, a Grand Slam and an Open. The last time the American men won back-to-back -back gold medals was in 2014, when Triborn and John Hyden won in Berlin, and then Phil Dahlhauser and Sean Rosenthal won in Stavanger, and then Phil and Rosie won in Stad, and then Phil and Rosie won in Long Beach. So we have two more to go to reach that level of epic proportions, but a huge, huge stretch for the American men. And again, I'll refer back to Triborn's video at the beginning of this year when he guaranteed that the American men were gonna be better this year guaranteed it. Back-to-back -back gold medals. First time we've done that in nine years. Trevor and Theo looked awesome. It is also the second straight win for Trevor and Theo. They won Hermosa, swept the field, and then they won in Espino. In my mind, they swept the field. They came out of the qualifier, beat a Portuguese wildcard team, and then they absolutely smashed Martin Ermacora and Philip Waller of Austria. Made them look, uh, frankly, like a JV team. They're not a JV team. They're very good. That's just how good Trevor and Theo are playing. In my mind, they've won 12 straight matches because they won their first round of pool play, and then they basically forfeited against Taylor Crabb and Taylor Sander. I'll get to them in a little bit. They actually did forfeit the second set. But if you've been listening to this Road to Paris, you know that if you win your first round of pool playing a challenge, the second match doesn't matter. Theo and Trevor didn't waste any energy. They looked pretty fresh. Just ran roughshod all the way through the gold medal match. Beat a very, very good Spanish team in the quarterfinals. Beat Evandro and Arthur Mariano, King Arthur in the semifinals, and then they just smashed Austrians, Julian Horl and Alex Horst, who are playing fantastic. So Trevor and Theo, with that gold medal and the 800 points they get, are now number one in the American Olympic race. They jumped Triborn and Came Shock. They jumped Andy Benish and Miles Partain. Andy and Miles are still the leaders in points per event. Trevor and Theo now, however, are higher in points per event than try and came and higher in aggregate points. So they're number one in total points, number two in points per event for the Americans. But for Trevor, 
It's his first gold medal since him and Triborn won the Kinjo three-star back in September of 2019. It's the, the second gold medal ever for Theo Brunner on the world tour. And his last one was the Rwanda two-star. So this is the biggest gold medal for both of them. In my mind, it's one of the biggest AVP wins for both of them. Obviously, Trevor has back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back Manhattan. So, But Hermosa in a full field, huge one. They're playing awesome. Their block defense looks incredible. The way that Trevor's timing his moves off Theo's blocks is incredible. And apologies, by the way, for all the background noise. We're outside. Figured we could have done this shoot inside, but you guys want to see Alaska. You want to see these windows right behind me and the fire pit, of course. So Trevor and Theo, awesome, awesome win out there in Espino. Uh, the second biggest storyline from Espino is Alex Horst and Julian Horl. So when the Austrian Federation split up and Robin Seidel picked up Moritz Pristals, Philip Waller went to Martin Ormacora, I figured that it would be by far Pristals and Seidel as the number one team. And then the battle for the number two spot it was almost irrelevant to me because I didn't think we'd have a second Austrian team making a push for the Olympics. Could not have been more wrong. Julian Horl, he's six foot five, jumps about 40 inches out of the sand, similar to Troy Field, honestly, in his vertical ability. They're playing unbelievable. I thought Alex Horst was sort of washed up, to be totally honest. He made the finals of the 2017 World Championships with Clemens Doppler. And now here he is, six years later, playing at the top of his game. They took a silver medal, and they are now number six in the Olympic ranks. Meanwhile, their countrymen, Seidel and Pristaus, lost in the first round of the qualifier, an insane qualifying match against Taylor Crabb and Taylor Sander. They were down 13-5 in the third set, ended up tying it at 13s, and then they lost. If, if you want to go back and rewatch a, a crazy, crazy match, go back, find that. It should be on the Volleyball World YouTube. It, it's nutty. I've never seen someone go down 13-5 and then tied at 13s and then lose. So Alex Horst and Julian Horrell, huge event for them. That's their second medal on the Beach Pro Tour this season. Second in a challenge, they won a bronze in Sakurima, where they beat Miles Partain and Andy Benish. So they've shown that they can beat very, very elite teams. Now they're number six in the driver's seat for their federation. The third biggest storyline for the men goes to Evandro and Arthur. That bronze medal is their second medal and their fourth semifinal. In this season alone, they've played nine events more than any other team in the world right now. They're currently number two in the Olympic ranks behind only Anders Moll and Christian Swarm. They just jumped George Wanderley and Andre Loyola, their countrymen, so they are number two in the world, number one in Brazil, and they got a huge bump over Renato Lima and Vitor Philippe, who, frankly, they just got kind of screwed. They won their pool, and then they drew Spain in the first round, and that's exactly why Theo doesn't really care to ever win pool. Once you win your first round, he's like, it's just luck of the draw. You could get spanked, one of the best side-out teams in the world, or you could end up with a better draw. It's just sort of, you play enough tournaments, you'll get good draws, you'll get bad draws. Hanato Lima and Vitor Philippe got a bad draw, lost a good match to Spain, and that's a huge boost for Evandro and Arthur as they jumped up to number two in the world. And the last storyline for the men, my boy, Piotr Kantor and Jakob Zybek. I tried to give you guys a heads up before they played their first event two events ago. In two events, they came out of the qualifier both times, took a fifth, and then in Espino, they took a fourth, lost a very good three-set match to Evandro and Arthur. It's still, they have time to qualify for world championships. It's They're running out of time. They still can make it. I think that they can still make the Olympics, especially with the way that they're playing. So that's just a, a good finish for them and a heads up that Poland does have a very competitive second team. Now, on to the women. This is mostly going to be a very quick run through. So the Brazilian women 
just ran roughshod through Espino. They swept the podium. And then I told Delaney, I was like, man, I wonder when the last time a country swept the podium, maybe the 96 Olympics when the Brazilian women did it. And it was like six months ago. They did it in Uberlandia. That's just how deep the Brazilian Federation is. Barbara Seixas and Carol Salgado, they ended up winning gold. In second in silver was Andressa Cavalcanti and Vittoria de Souza. And in third, Agatha. You love to see Agatha and Rebecca Cavalcanti. Agatha is just coming off. She had her baby in November of 2022, little Kahina. And here she is seven months later winning a medal on the Beach Pro Tour. Unbelievable. I'm not totally buying in the Brazilian women, however, in the long run for the Olympic race. I think Anna Patricia Silva and Duda, obviously a medal contender. I think Barbara and Carol are a medal contender, but Brazil has about four or five teams, all of whom could qualify on points, but I just don't think could medal in Paris. There's a, a significant gap between the women's teams who are meddling in challenges and the women's teams who are meddling in elite 16s. Barbara and Carol, I think, do have that capability, but I'm not buying Victoria Lopez. I'm not buying into Andressa Cavalcanti and Victoria de Souza. Victoria Lopez is playing with Tana Silva, by the way. Not quite buying into their ability to break into that Elite 16 because the only Brazilian women's team who's made it past the quarterfinals in Elite this year is Anna Patricia and Duda. So still waiting to see that. Obviously, a huge, huge finish for the Brazilian women, but I think that Barbara and Carol and Anna Patricia Silva and Duda, they have a, a pretty good lock on those one and two spots. And it would be strange to see if another team did make that jump. I'm interested to see which Brazilian women's team does end up performing in Elite 16 because we haven't quite seen that yet. It's time to introduce you guys to a new sponsor of the show, Gooder Sunglasses. And these shades are $25 active sunglasses that don't slip, don't bounce, and are 100% polarized. Now I'm rocking a ginger soul. They are hysterically all black, which <laughs> it's just a funny name. They have so many funny names for their shades. When you go on their website and you just scroll through it, you're going to find yourself laughing out loud. They got a ginger soul, the $9 pour over donkey goggles. They have some hysterical names and that's just a, it's a fun company. The glasses are lightweight. They're perfect. Try and I are super particular about the, the types of sunglasses we wear. We, we've ranged everywhere from all the brand names you've heard. And now we're with Gooder and, and we honestly love them. You know, anytime we try out a new pair of sunglasses, the standards are very high where it, it has to be lightweight. They have to be flexible. They have to look good. They have to block out the sun and Gooder checks all of those boxes. They look good. They're fun. They're affordable, 100% polarized, super lightweight, super stylish, and they don't slip off your face. So if any of those things sound like something that you want, well, Gooder is the one for you. And if you want to support the show and support Gooder and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving our podcast listeners free shipping on your first order. That's right. You're getting free shipping from Gooder. So you can go to gooder.com slash sandcast. All right. That's gooder.com slash sandcast to get free shipping. And make sure that when you type in the code, you type in sandcast. That's all caps. So the code is sandcast with all caps. Okay, so Gooder offers also a 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. We like all of those things. So find your pair at Gooder.com slash Sandcast to get free shipping today. So just go out. $25. Best pair of shades you will get for $25, hands down. Now, coming in to the struggle bus. Sam Coltafava and Paolo Nikolai, I... 
Coming into the season, I thought that they were about to level up and make a huge jump in the Olympic ranks and the world ranks, and they've done just the opposite. And it's really puzzling to me. I don't really know what is going on with them. I still think they're one of the best teams in the world, but in their past four finishes, they haven't gotten any better than ninth. They have two 17ths and two ninths, lost in the ninth place rounds to a Lithuanian team that frankly had no business making it out of the qualifier. They were down 13-8 in the second set at the technical timeout after losing the first set to Evan Corey and Troy Field. Grinded their way back in at barely qualified. And credit to the, the Lithuanians. They, they're very good. Audrius Kanasis and Patrikas Stankovic is one of my favorite names to say when I'm commentating. But they they played very well. Stankovic is tied for first in total blocks in the tournament. Tied with Theo Brunner with 35 for the tournament. So they're obviously very good, but just not a team that Kotafava and Nikolai should be losing to or can afford to be losing to right now, especially now that their entry points are pretty much gone. I still think that they'll make the Olympics. I still think they're a very elite team, but whatever's going wrong with them, they're going to have to right the ship here pretty soon as world champs gets a little bit closer because they're now they're out of elite 16s. They'll be in the Montreal qualifier, but if they don't have a good finish in Edmonton or Montreal, they might not even make it into the elite qualifiers at this point. Also on the struggle bus, Hate to do it to my partner, but Savvy Simo and Tony Rodriguez, since that silver medal in La Paz, they have lost in three qualifiers. They haven't gotten any better than a 17th. I believe they've taken back-to-back 25ths and two 17ths in Elite 16. So they're still playing well. Savvy just made a final in Hermosa. She just made a final in Denver. They're playing good volleyball. And in this one, it's not like they had a bad loss. They lost to Sarah Pavin and Molly McBain in three sets. So when you lose to the greatest blocker Canada's ever had and one of the best on the women's side ever, it's not a bad loss, but you do need to win matches. And that's a match that they needed to win. They needed that main draw. So now they go into Edmonton needing a good finish, or I wouldn't be surprised if we see them go different directions and, and start fresh. Now, the North American Report is the final section of this show. I skipped it the last week, but you guys are constantly asking about the Taylors and what their plans are. I do think they still have Olympic aspirations. They ended up making it out of the qualifier, a pair of three setters, then they won pool, and then they just had a barn burner against Ukraine. It's a match that they needed to win. Ukraine's very good. Sergey Popov is one of the most underrated players in the world. If he played for any other federation who had an elite level blocker that matched his talent, I think he'd be maybe a top 10 team in the world. Edward Resnick, seven foot, he's very good. He's just not as good as Popoff. Resnick would be a very good blocker on the AVP. That's how I describe that. He'd be regularly in the top five, um, but he's just not that really elite world-class blocker. The Taylors lost to them 15-12 in, in three, took a ninth. They still have yet to finish better than ninth place on the Beach Pro Tour. It's their best. It's their first ninth, honestly, since Taylor Sanders' debut in Itapema of 2021. Since then, they've just taken 17th, 25th. They have a long way to go. And so they are kind of on the struggle bus. They need a good finish in Edmonton, or I don't know what their plans are after that, because mathematically, the percentages of them making it are getting lower and lower and lower. So I still think they're playing good volleyball. They made the Hermosa Beach finals, went to three in those finals. You don't do that on accident. They won pool in a challenge. You don't do that on accident either, even though Trevor and Theo basically handed them that second match. So the Taylors will see what they do in Edmonton. And I think that how they perform in Edmonton will dictate what the rest of their season looks like. That is it for the Alaska special edition of the Road to Paris, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry for all the background noise. 
Uh, we got a little baseball field right behind us. We got some noise. We got some garbage trucks. And uh, well, we're going to go hiking. We're going to go catch some more salmon. Give Prince the King Austin some more life experiences here. This week, uh, Edmonton, the challenge, followed by Montreal. The next Road to Paris will be after Montreal. That'll be the Canadian edition of the Road to Paris. So until next time, shoots.